All right, what's up, guys? So I thought I would give y'all my morning routine. Because <laughs> Is something wrong? What are you doing? My followers have been asking for morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, every morning I wake up at 5 a.m. And I get that morning pump, get that morning grind. <laughs> no, you know. You <laughs> Hey, Kairos, have you ever tried to pretend to be someone that you're not? Anybody? Uh, question, who here has a unique laugh? Like, you just know that you have a unique laugh. I love unique laughs. Uh, one of my best friends in the world, his name is Jacob, and Jacob is actually who we're talking about tonight. Uh, he sounds like a hyena when he laughs. Uh, and I just, when I see that video, I think of all the people in my life who have goofy laughs, and so I think of my friend Jacob. And, uh, and so I showed you that clip because, one, I relates to our story tonight because there's Jacob, Jacob, you know, but okay, but the real reason why I want to show you that clip tonight is sometimes we pretend to be someone we're not, and it is so obvious to everyone in the world, like, but ourselves. We're, we're not fooling anybody but ourselves. Have you ever pretended to be someone you're not? I think that this is one of the most important things that we can talk about in Christian community, and so we do talk about identity at Kairos a good amount, and I think that uh, you should know there's a reason for that. One of the most important things that you can know in your life is who are you really? And whose are you really? So we're going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to start by sitting off because I think that that's just a sweet way of talking with one another, but who knows? I can't promise I won't get excited and stand up. So you ready to go? Let's do this. My name is Danny. I'm, I'm a pastor here. I'm so glad that we're going to be here together. Um, and, and let me go back to that question. Have you ever pretended to be someone that you're not? And what's that feel like? Last week, I was with our Iowa City group um, over in the evil lands. They're not live streaming tonight, so I get to say whatever I want. You know what I mean? Um, so I was over in Iowa City last week, and when I got there, I went to a caribou coffee. Um, we don't have a caribou here in Ames, so I thought, well, how about I try out the caribou? So I go in, I go up to the front, and I put in my order, and I put in the order that I always put in when I get to a coffee shop. I said, I'll take a hot chocolate with extra whipped cream. <laughs> and the barista looked at me and said, oh, you're one of those people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Comes to a coffee shop, doesn't order coffee. I'm like, okay, one, this is a caribou. It's not like this is some like hidden secret of the world. I don't have to be a coffee fanatic to be in here, right? But two, I'm deeply offended. I'm hurt, but mostly... Like, yeah, I kind of got, I felt like a fraud, and it got in my head. I was in there until close to 7 o'clock last week, um, and they were closing at 7 o'clock, and so this barista was actually mopping the floors as she's walking by. She said, don't worry, everyone, he's not a coffee drinker. <laughs> like, first off, there was almost no one else in the shop, so it was very, very awkward. But two, I did feel really embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, you're right, I don't belong here. I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm not one of those people. And of course, it was in Iowa City. They would make me feel bad about myself, right? <laughs> it's just what they do there. It's evil. It's evil. So tonight we're going to read about Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm just kidding. Iowa City. No, joking. All right. Too far. Sometimes we take jokes too far. And I know that someone from Iowa City couldn't make it to their large group tonight, and so they're watching online, and now I have a lot to explain. But anyway, 
Do you ever pretend to be someone that you're not? Like, that was just one experience, but, but there are plenty of experiences in my life where I've pretended to be someone that I'm not. When I was in high school, I was on the wrestling team, and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, every now and then I lift weights. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah. I won sometimes, not a lot, but every now and then, when the other guy forfeited. <laughs> My sophomore year, I went out for the wrestling team. I was always a basketball player, and, uh, and I decided I wasn't going to play basketball anymore. And the wrestling coach came up to me, and he's a, fam a family friend for a long time, and he knew me pretty well, and he comes up to me, he squeezes my pectoral muscle, and he says, that's some nice chicken breasts you got there. Come out for the wrestling team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, I wish I could tell you that it was like this glorious experience and every single match was like a David and Goliath type moment. Um, I got a tour of the lights of every single gymnasium across central Iowa because I was on my back getting pinned all winter long. I did everything wrestlers do. I tucked my sweatshirt into my sweatpants. I don't, I don't get it, but if you're a wrestler, you know what I mean, right? I try... I, actually tried to get cauliflower ear because there's nothing more intimidating than someone who has that. Like they walk into your room, they're like, okay, you mean business. You're the leader here. I'm an observer, right? <laughs> like I was trying to be a, like the biggest wrestling match I had all year was not actually on the mat. The biggest wrestling match was in my mind trying to convince myself I'm a wrestler. <laughs> like I just, I wasn't. Like I was pretending to be, but I wasn't. Like wrestling is hard. Like, in wrestling matches in your mind are really hard, too, especially when you're trying to convince yourself that you're someone that you're not. I want you to experience freedom tonight. I want you to experience freedom in your life, that you get to be who God has made you to be. That's where real freedom happens. We're reading about a guy named Jacob tonight, and he struggled with this. He wrestled with his identity his entire life. You heard this in Genesis chapter 25. Excuse me, you, this was before the Bible reading that you heard from tonight. This is in Genesis chapter 25 where we're going to pick up. There are these two twin brothers. There's Jacob. Everyone say Jacob. Jacob. And then there's Esau. Everyone say Esau. Esau. They're twin brothers. And they are the sons of a guy named Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. We learned about Isaac a couple weeks ago. He's the guy whose dad tried to kill him. Kind of a scary situation. You know, okay, move past that. But Isaac, he has two twin sons of his own. And they're twins, but one of them was born first. And that was a big deal in those days. We've covered this before, but let me just highlight it again. The firstborn in the ancient Jewish culture was a big deal. The firstborn is the one who got the greatest blessing. They got the lion's share of the inheritance. And you might say, well, that's entirely unfair. But if you think about it, the reason why they did that is back in those days, the family was everything. It wasn't about individual success. It was about your family's success. And so the well-being of your family was the well-being of your own personal life too. And so they would give the lion's share of the, of the inheritance to one child, particularly the firstborn. So as the generations would go on, the lump, the big giant wealth of the family would stay together. And it would be that firstborn's job to keep the family together, to provide for everyone. But this way, the wealth wasn't spread out. The, wealth didn't, the, the spread out wealth didn't make the individual families of the big family poorer. So it was the lion's share blessing went to the firstborn. Esau was born first. And it says that he came out, came out all red and hairy and just imagining a baby who's red and hairy and it's kind of interesting, but nonetheless, it's what the Bible says happened. So, but then it's, it's even weirder. 
because his twin brother is born just after him, and, and as Esau is coming out, there's this little hand grabbing onto the heel of Esau, it says. The other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel, and so they named him Jacob. Jacob literally means heel grabber. So if you're Jacob, um, hello, heel grabber. It's, it, it, like, also, if you're Jacob, it, like, no, it, it also means uh, deceiver uh, and one who usurps. Um, but you'll see by the end of this story that there's actually something very beautiful and powerful about the name Jacob that, that God redeemed. So if you're named Jacob, if you are named Jacob, the Bible has good things to say about your name. Jacob, the heel grabber, he's born with this like instinct that he has to grab for things in his life to be somebody that he's not. Like sometimes, even before we're conscious, we have this human condition of trying to get more in our lives. I'm trying to grab something else. But sometimes when we're grabbing things in our lives, we lose track of who we are. If I'm looking at everything I want to grab in life, I, I, don't, I no longer have time to actually look and pay attention to myself, like what I need, who I am. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, he said this, what benefit is it if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? And then he asks this question. Is anything in the world worth more than your soul? Every single one of us, we have this tendency and temptation to grab, to look for the things that we want, to add to our resume, to become something new, to be something that we weren't born to be. And Jesus is saying it's not worth it. What good is actually getting the thing that you want? What if you got it? Would it be worth it if you lost your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? We have like a decent understanding of what soul means, but in the ancient Jewish culture, their understanding of soul is your entirety. Everything that you are. Your soul is your true self. It's you. Everything that makes you, you. And is anything worth more than everything that makes you, you? Everything that God made and said was good, is anything worth more than that? And the truth is, some of us hear that question, and our immediate gut reaction is, yes, there's plenty that's worth more than me. And that's why I want to add to me. I want more. Jacob was someone who wanted more. He wanted blessing. He wanted his brother's blessing. He wanted the firstborn's blessing. He wanted something that wasn't his. And he wanted to be someone that he wasn't. If we go into our Bible reading for tonight, Genesis chapter 27, you heard it and you're like, wow, that's kind of an interesting story. Isaac is very old at this time. And he knows that he's going to die soon. He says, I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son. He's speaking to Esau before I die. You see, Jacob, he loved Esau. He loved both of his children, but he loved Esau the most. Esau was an outdoorsman. Esau could hunt. Esau was good with weapons. Esau was burly. Esau was hairy, right? Like, so imagine who Esau is, and you get this idea. Jacob, in the Hebrew, what it says is Jacob preferred to stay among the tents. That means he likes to watch reruns of Outer Banks. Like, he likes to stay home and enjoy moments in the tent, right? What, what is it? I don't know. Maybe he films himself doing TikTok dances all day, right? Like, he's talented. He's gifted, but, but not in the way that, that Esau is gifted, um, by the end of the story, it's going to say that he was smooth-skinned, right? He wasn't rough and gruff, but, but, but Isaac, he, he loved Esau the most, and, and it tormented Jacob. Anybody else feel like they're tormented sometimes because you're not getting the love and approval of someone that you want? 
Isaac says, I'm going to give my blessing. And that's what Jacob wanted. What's a blessing? When we think about blessing and blessed, we think about vacations. We think about uh, fitness journeys. We think about scholarships. We think about awards. Blessed. Look at me, I'm blessed. But, but a blessing is more than that. There's so much that goes into what a blessing is in the Bible, but one thing that I want to highlight tonight about it is the blessing in the Bible are the words that tell you you now get to be who you were always made to be. And Isaac says, Esau, this is your blessing. It's time for you to inherit the lion's share. It's time for you to be the provider for this family. It's time for you to be the firstborn. It's time for you to be who you were made to be. Jacob catches wind of this through his mom. And Jacob, he's a heel grabber. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. So he comes up with this great plan of how he's going to steal the blessing. He puts this hair on his arms and he, he, he cooks food in the way that Esau would have cooked food. And so he smells like Esau. Then he shows up to his father and he says, here I am. It's me, Esau. And you think to yourself, what a horrible plan. I mean, what an awful plan. I mean, my goodness, how long is this going to last? He's going to have, what, five minutes of glory before Esau walks in and says, uh, you're not me. But Jacob's able to fool his father for just a moment. It says when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he finally was convinced that it is Jacob and not Esau, and so he blesses Jacob. He says to Jacob what was supposed to be said to Isaac. He says, Jacob, this is who you were always made to be, but, but it's not for Jacob. And then it says in Genesis chapter 27, verse 30, Esau returned from his hunt. Okay, so that's kind of scary. Esau, good with weapons. Jacob, good with like a frying pan, right? Like this isn't good for Jacob. This is scary. Esau, like he's the wrestler. He's got the cauliflower ear. That's the guy you don't mess with. Jacob, he's the basketball player pretending like he can wrestle. He's tucked his sweatshirt into his sweatpants, but it's just not him. Jacob's gotten what he's always wanted. He got that blessing, but it's interesting. He doesn't get to experience it. He doesn't get to live it out. He doesn't actually get to enjoy it. Jacob's mother says to Jacob, get ready and flee. You can't stay here anymore. Esau, the guy who's good with weapons, he's really mad. <laughs> and isn't that frustrating? I mean, Jacob, he got what he wanted. But have you ever found out that sometimes when you get what you always wanted, you no longer want what you got? I mean, it's one way of saying the grass is greener on the other side, but I think that it's really true. Sometimes you get what you always wanted, and when you finally got it, you don't want it anymore. What's up with this story? Jacob got the blessing. Why does he have to leave? I think that it comes down to this. God blesses you, not the person that you're pretending to be. God's pleased with you. Are you pretending to be somebody else? I mean, do you really want to know yourself? Everybody talks these days, I want to know myself. You really want to know yourself? First off, get your blessing from God. Jacob wanted his blessing from someone, right? You all want our blessing from someone. And what a horrible plan Jacob came up with. He was going to get found out by his dad. But it didn't matter to him. Even if it was said in pretense, if, even if it was said and it was fake, 
Even if it was said and it was bogus, all he wanted was to hear the lips come, hear the words come from the lips of his father. I love you and I delight in you and I approve of you more than I approve of anything else in this world. Jacob just wanted that. He wanted a blessing. We all want a blessing. We all want someone who's going to tell us, I approve of you. Here is your worth. Here is what makes you special. Here is why the person who you were made to be is good. We can all relate to that. But get your blessing from God. I mean, go ahead, try to get it from somebody else and see how it fails you. Just today, I thought that this was so cool. My brother got, got my brother gets a lot of awards. Uh, prime example right here. Take a look at this. That's my brother with his Emmy award. Like an actual Emmy award, right? Like, okay, live in that guy's shadow your whole life, right? Today, so he's won three, he's a, he's a producer, he's won three Emmys, and today he was nominated for three more Emmys, the trifecta. Go John! And I, I really am absolutely proud of him, but more proud of him than I am of getting the Emmys. You know what I'm really proud about? I'm really proud about his intention behind it. I'm really proud of the why he does it. People have to remind him, hey, John, you need to take your trophies out of the boxes and put them on display. He keeps his Emmy Award trophies in boxes underneath his desk. It blows my mind. Wouldn't you want everybody in the world to see that? And John will tell you, for the longest time, when he was pursuing this career as a producer, all he wanted was that Emmy. He's told me this over and over again. And when he was living through that, he would always say, oh, man, I really want that Emmy. The nominations would come out. He'd be nominated. Oh, here we go. Here it comes. And to his great surprise, he got it. And I'll never forget what he told me after he won. He said, I woke up the morning after I won an Emmy and I was depressed. You can't get your blessing from a false idol. You can't get your blessing from something that your soul's not really crying out for. Where do you get your blessing? Aren't you tired of pretending to be someone that you're not? Don't you wish that you could just stand and not have to carry all the things that you think are making other people believe that you're important and special? This summer at Vacation Bible School, I got to play a character in our skits. His name was Space Dude. And uh, every day, Space Dude came and he was wearing a space suit. And I loved putting this thing on. You'll see why. Okay, it's kind of hard to get on. Okay, one foot in. Hold on. We're going to get there. I'm space dude. Can you tell? And so I put on this thing, and, and, I, and I do the skits, and I pretend like I was going into outer space, and the kids loved me. They absolutely loved me. There's this little boy. He's the son of a guy on our staff, and his name's Beck. And as I would have this space suit on, he'd come out and be like, Danny, what's up? Danny, yeah! And he'd give me all these high fives, and I'm feeling really cool about myself. And all the kids do this, because I'm space dude. I'm awesome. It only takes 30 minutes to get into this thing. And I'd be like, yeah, cool, yeah, boys and girls, isn't it awesome? Praise Jesus, go me, praise Jesus! I'm space dude! One day after VBS, I took off the space suit, you know, and then it's just me, and, and, and I see Beck. I'm like, Beck, what's up, bro? Come on, we're tight, right? And he goes, oh, hey, Danny. I'm like, what? He goes, where's your space suit? And I'm like, no. 
You should love me for who I am, right? And I was utterly disappointed. Like, how much better is it when you don't have to put on the space suit? By the way, you can take the picture of my brother off the screen. That's kind of weird. <laughs> you guys, this, is, this was so much better in my head. Like, don't, don't you want somebody to love you without the spacesuit on? Like, what is your spacesuit? What's the thing that you're carrying around? You're like, oh, man, like, this thing is kind of warm and hot and stuffy. I'd rather just be me. I'd rather be able to walk and just have people love me for who I am. Not, not for the spacesuit. The story continues, and it says Jacob left, or excuse me, Jacob showed up to a place, and he was all alone. Jacob had a successful life. His mom said, okay, you need to get ready and you need to flee because you can't stay here anymore. Your brother is going to kill you. He's good with weapons, that brother. And Jacob, he goes off and he lives an exciting life. He goes off and he becomes very, very wealthy. He gets the woman of his dreams. He marries Rachel. He has an enormous staff. So many people listen to him. He has so many children. He's getting everything, right? I mean, he's a blessed man. He's getting it all, right? Like, this is who Jacob wanted to be. Jacob eventually has this call in his life, and he says, you need to go back home now. It's been 21 years since he's been home and faced his brother Esau. So you need to go home now. And so Jacob, he goes home, and he's always got a plan. Jacob always had a plan. So he sent out an army of people to send a gift of livestock to his brother Esau. So maybe that would, like, lighten the blow. Then he spread the rest of his family apart so that if Esau came after them, he wouldn't be able to get all of them. And now it says that Jacob is all alone. He's all alone. The spacesuit is gone. The decorations are gone. It's just Jacob. Do you want to know yourself? Get personal. I mean, get really personal. Do you want to meet God? Do you want to talk to the God who knows exactly who you really are? Get personal. I want to talk to you about the difference between a personal relationship with God and a civil relationship with God. We can show up to places like this and be very civil in our relationship with God. We sing songs, we sound really pretty, and I'm all for it, right? I, I, I'm all for it. We turn on the lights, like we do everything to make this a welcoming space so a lot of people can come together. And it's very, very civil, right? But is there a personal relationship? And I, I don't want to take that too far. The Bible actually does never say, like, you need to have a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to enter the kingdom of God. Like, that actually doesn't show up in the Bible. Like, what actually it says is God gives you relationship with him. God gives you his blessing. God welcomes you into his family. It's not about you earning personal relationship with God. It's about God giving it to you. But there is a difference between personal and civil. And a civil relationship is, I can just blend in with the crowd. But do you want to really know yourself? Get into personal relationship with God. I mean, really dare to spend time with God. Do you know what's the scariest part about spending time with God for me? It's that I don't get to wear the spacesuit. I don't get to have the decorations around me. I don't get to have the people cheering me on so I can just go ahead and blend back into the voices and, and into the crowd. I want to get personal with God. I don't want to just be civil with God. I want God to name the things that are actually in my life. 
Not because I just like being convicted. Not because I just like knowing about the problems in my life. No, because I actually want to know who I really am. I want God to tell me, who am I really? Because I've been grabbing my whole life. And I don't even know what I look like anymore. Get personal with God. Forget the civil. As Jacob is all alone, it says that a man came to him and and coincidentally wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And that's pretty weird. Jacob shows up, he gets home, he's all alone, and here comes this guy in the dark, mind you. Let's wrestle. Kind of scary. I also want to throw in, like, you're thinking, oh, like, how old do you think Jacob is at this moment? You're thinking, like, a young man, right? Like, at the prime of his life. Maybe it's been 21 years since he's been home, so maybe, what, 40 now? I don't know. If you do the math in Jacob's life, when he stole the blessing from his brother Esau, he was 76 years old. <laughs> like, at a certain point, you run out of excuses for the flaws in your life, right? You're like, oh, but my mom told me to do it. No, Jacob, you're 76. Now he's 21 years later. This is a 97-year-old man showing up in the dark, and he gets jumped by a, by a wrestler. Kind of a crazy scene that shows up in the Bible. And Jacob doesn't have anybody to defend him. It's just Jacob. It's just Jacob. But who, who is this man? We, we, get, we get some hints about who this man is. And, and by the end of this story, Jacob's going to say that was God. And, and how do we know that was God? Well, first off, it says that when the man saw that he would not win the match, which is interesting, it says that he touched Jacob's hit, hip and it wrenched it out of its socket. Again, 97, 98 years old. You can't blame the guy. <laughs> This is that Jacob's wrestling with him all night. Then what do we find out? This wrestler, this man, he's, he's holding back because just at the touch, at the touch of the hip, his leg is just, it's wounded and it's broken and his hip, it, it, I mean, it's deconstructed. At the end of the story, it says that he's just going to be limping. And I wonder what's happening there. Jacob, you, you don't get to keep on running. You don't get to keep on grabbing. You, you stay here. I know that it's hard. It is really hard to come to grips with who you are and to stay in that place long enough to actually find out. It's so hard, isn't it? But Jacob, you, you're not going anywhere anymore. You're a 98-year-old man with a broken hip. You're going to stay here. Jacob continues to wrestle, and, and the man, the wrestler, says, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. Jacob's been wrestling. It's just him for a while now. And, and Jacob responds, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob, the guy who for the last 21 years have had children together, he's got everything he was ever grabbing for, but what doesn't he have? I'm still missing my blessing. Because for the longest time, I was trying to get somebody to bless the person I was pretending to be. Are you tired of trying to get other people to bless the person you're pretending to be? Are you sick of being disappointed because every time that you get what you want, it's not what you want and it's not what you need?
the wrestler asks, asks Jacob, what's your name? Who are you really? And the heel grabber, the deceiver who's had a plan for everything his entire life to make people think that he's someone that he's not. He says, call me Jacob. I need you to bless me. But I need you to bless Jacob. I can't, I can't take a single more blessing for the person I've been pretending to be. I need you to bless Jacob. I need you to bless the heel grabber, the deceiver, the one who usurps. I need you to bless me because my entire life, I've been looking for someone and anyone. My father couldn't do it. His wife, Rachel, she couldn't do it. His wealth, that couldn't do it. His staff, they couldn't do it. His children, they couldn't do it. I need someone to bless me. Not the person I'm pretending to be. I need someone to bless Jacob. So when you bless me, when you tell me who I'm supposed to be, when you tell me who I'm made to be, you need to call me Jacob because I'm so tired of pretending to be someone else. I'm so tired of running down other names. Are you running down other names? Do you have like this alternate persona that you're living up to all the time? I have one. I call him Sham Dan. He's such a sham. You know who Sham Dan is? Sham Dan is confident but humble. Sham Dan is funny but knows when to be serious. Sham Dan is focused but takes time to relax. Call me Danny. You want to know yourself? Know your name. Not the name you've been chasing. No, the name you were given. Who are you? Really, who are you? I've heard sociologists say before that there's no more beautiful sound to a human ear than the sound of their own name. I want God to call me Danny. Don't want him to call me pastor. I don't even want, I don't even want him to call me like the greatest things that I, like, right? I don't want, I, like, I just want to be called Danny with him. What's your name? That's the one God wants to bless. The wrestler. The one who only wrestled Jacob at night because when the sun would come, Jacob wouldn't be able to be in his presence. That, that's a hint of who this wrestler is. In the Bible, we can't stand in the presence of God in the daylight because if we did, we'd be overwhelmed by the perfection of his presence. There's one hint. This wrestler who just touched his hip and it, and it broke. Who's the wrestler? It's the one that Jacob really wants to hear the blessing from. And the wrestler says, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel because you fought with God and with men and you've won. And, and what a strange thing. You fought with God and you've fought with men and you've won. To me, Jacob seems like a loser, right? <laughs> My goodness. 
And if I'm being totally honest, I've looked in the mirror and I've said, that's, uh, that's kind of a loser. I'm not proud of that person. Jacob says, please tell me your name. And the wrestler says, why do you want to know my name? And he doesn't say his name. And why doesn't he say his name? I think he's saying to Jacob, you know my name. You know who I am. I'm the one who blesses Jacob. I'm the one who really knows you. Who are you? I'm the one who really knows you. Do you know you? God really knows you. And that's the person God blesses. So you want to know yourself? Hear it from the voice of God. Know God. You want to know your identity? Know God's identity. He's your father. He's not evaluating you just for the sake of whether or not he'll approve you. He approves you, approves of you. So go live your life. Be the one that God made you to be. Who's God? Do you know who God is? I mean, I, like, what's the point of me knowing myself if I don't know who my creator is? Who's God? Like the hardest part about, I think, comprehending like the beauty and majesty and glory of God, it's not just who he is, but what he does. And, and what he does explains who he is. And in this story, he shows up to Jacob and he's a wrestler. It's like confusing. It's mind like it's confusing. One thing I learned about wrestling is it is pure agony, right? Because every single one of my bones and muscles was pressing against the adjacent bones and muscles of my stronger opponent. And after I'd get beat up, I'd be like, hey, check his weight class. Make sure he's really mine, right? Because I can only bear so much weight. Like the hardest part about wrestling is you just, you're getting crushed by this weight. And like, it's goofy, yeah, to think of me like laying on my back in a gym floor in central Iowa and getting a tour of the lights. But the worst part about it is just this crushing, pressing weight. This crushing, pressing weight. And you might think that God's the wrestler that crushes and presses you, but, but he doesn't do that. In Isaiah chapter 53, it, it talks about this suffering servant. It's talking about the coming Messiah. It's talking about Jesus. And it says it was the Lord's good plan to crush him. How, like, I wanted to know the weight of my opponents. How much does God weigh? Like, how much does omnipotence weigh? And on the cross, Jesus bears that weight. He bared that weight. Who's God? God's the one who bears the weight of omnipotence. That kind of crushing weight. The crushing weight of everything wrong in the world. <laughs> 
and why. But go back to the question Jesus asked. Is anything worth more than your soul? Have you asked yourself that lately? How much is my soul worth? To Jesus, your soul was worth his life. Jacob said to the wrestler, at the risk of my life, I'm hanging on to you because I need a blessing. But at the cost of his life, Jesus says, I will hang on to this cross to earn your blessing so that you can actually be you. That's your worth. Final way to know yourself, see your worth. See your worth. Every single time you look at the cross, see your worth. How much is your soul worth? Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus says, absolutely not. Nothing is worth more than your soul.